Good morning. It's so good to be with you. I just want to encourage you, something that was mentioned earlier by Caitlin in the announcements, next Sunday we are going to call Fresh Start Sunday. Now, I really want to encourage you very specifically because I believe that there are people in our community that have been thinking about They've been talking about, they've been desiring to get back into a church. For whatever reason, COVID has been very difficult on them and they have maybe gotten out of the habit. They don't feel connected any longer and they're out there just sort of floating and they're wondering, when am I ever going to be able to get connected to a church again? And they need someone like you to encourage them, someone to invite them, someone to say, hey, you know what? Come with me this coming Sunday. And my message is going to be something that will encourage them. It will not uh, be something that will cause them to feel like they've been outed or something like that. It's going to be a great day. I just want to encourage you uh, to invite people that you might know, because I think people talk about those things. And uh, let's bring people and let's have a fresh start Sunday next Sunday here at Silver Creek. Uh, Today, I want to talk about three things that God has given each and every one of us. And you might say, well, I don't know if God has really given me anything. And if that's your perspective this morning, I hope that when we're done, that you understand that God has given you some very special things. And I want to talk about those this morning, and they all happen to start with the letter T. And so I kind of call them the three T's that God has given us, and he's given each of these things to us for a very specific person. And the first thing that I want to highlight is this, time. Now, I know what you're thinking. (laughs) Wait a second, I don't have enough time. Maybe you feel that God has not given you enough time. Let's talk about that for a moment. And I want to to remind you that the scripture tells us that God is a God who has no beginning and no end. He is eternal. In fact, with God, and I know some of you would really love this, God says that with him, a day is as a thousand years. Now that can cut two ways. Some of you would say, I wish my day would last longer so that I could get more done. And some of you feel like your days already last a thousand years and you just want it to be over. From your laughter, I I can tell that I'm right, okay? But the Bible says that with God, a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day. What that tells us is that God is a God who operates outside of time as we know it. That's what's so amazing about Jesus coming to earth, is that God the Son came and put himself in a certain place and a certain time to live a certain number of years on this earth. And God is not bound or limited by time the way that we are. Even right now, I am bound by time. Because some of you are going to start looking at your watches or your phone, and you're going to say, you know what? He's preached just about long enough. 
okay? You think that's not real? <laughs> oh, you think so highly of yourselves. It is real, okay? It is real. We are bound by time. God is not limited by time. Jeremiah calls him the eternal king. And you and I, we have inside of us an eternal spirit that God created. God created our spirit to live for eternity. Thanks to Adam, our bodies will not live for eternity. We are now under the curse our bodies are not created to live forever. In fact, the Bible calls our bodies a tent. Some of you are like, dude, I'm into camping. You're camping right now. You are camping right now. Your spirit is being housed by a flimsy tent, which is our bodies. You might think, well, wait a second. Mine's not flimsy. I'm, I'm strong. I'm healthy. You know what? Tomorrow, all of that could change. Scripture calls our bodies a tent and it houses our spirit. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, we need to make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. We need to make the most of every opportunity because I never know how long I have left. The Bible says that all of the days ordained for me are written in his book. God knows the number of my days. I, I, didn't, I didn't put it in my notes, but I, 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 get, I get emails uh, or, or, or Facebook notifications from my graduating class in 1982. And people in my class that pass away, I hear about that. And I look at those numbers and I see that they were born in 1963 or 1964 and I see that they pass away and I look at that date and I said, that could have been me. I thought about this last night. Chris is visiting. Chris preached when I was recovering from open heart surgery. You were one of the people that preached while I was recovering. I, 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 I didn't have to make it. I almost didn't. The time that we have, we don't know how much time that is. But in the King James, the King James in Ephesians 5 says that we should redeem the time. What is redeeming the time? I'll give you an illustration. Let's say that you are uh, in your favorite, um, your favorite store. Okay, for me, that would probably be something like Menards. And you hear over the loudspeaker, attention Menards shoppers, it's 8.50. Menards is closing in 10 minutes. Please take your purchases to the counter and check out and get out of here so we can go home and have a life. So what do you do? You're like, oh, 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 I gotta hurry, I gotta hurry. I, I, I just feel this enormous pressure when that happens, okay? And then if I don't have everything on my list, now what am I gonna do? And you're just, you're just like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Why? Because your time is quickly being spent. I need to make the most of that 10 minutes so that I can check out and get what I ultimately need. James chapter 4, verse 14, James, the brother of Jesus, says this, Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? 
You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Life is over really, really fast. We need to use it well. So let me ask you this. How important is time to you? How valuable is time to you? Think about that for just a moment. Because we don't all value it exactly the same. Are we guilty of taking our time for granted? You see, time is unlike any other resource that we have been given. Time is not like sick days at your job that you can accrue or vacation days. They don't, it doesn't roll over at the end of the year, okay? You get what you get. Time is not like when you play Settlers of Catan and you stockpile resources, okay? I get stuck with wood all the time, okay? That's what, the, and, and so, you know, you just got all this wood, you know, you got all, and, and that's, you stockpile that, and then maybe you can sell it to somebody else for something else, or trade it. I can't even remember the rules of that game. I just know I get stuck with it all the time. Time is much more like a teenager's paycheck. <laughs> Gotta spend it. Gotta spend it. Gotta spend it. Gotta spend it. Thank you, Melody. Thank you. Gotta spend it. Whether we want to or not. Unlike the market, and we know how great the market is doing, time is a fixed rate commodity. 60 seconds in every minute, 60 minutes in every hour, 24 hours in every day. It happens exactly the same for every one of us. There's no on-off switch. There's no do-overs. Once a second goes by, you can't get it back. You can't do it over. You can't exchange it. Once it's spent, it is gone forever. The psalmist said in Psalm 90, verse 12, he said, teach us to number our days. God, teach us to pay attention to our time. We only have a certain number of days. Jesus in Matthew 25, verse 40, he was telling a story and he said, the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. The great news about our time is when we use our time the way God wants us to use our time, when we use it for him, when we use it for his glory, he's pleased. I don't know about you, but I want to please God with my life. And when we use our time the way he desires us to use it, we will ultimately please him because when we do something with our time that gl brings glory to him, we are doing it for him. 
Now, I know that there's some of you here, you're like, I, I wouldn't know what to do for God with my time. I, there, I, I, I have no idea. Come, just come serve with us. Just, just come serve. Go, go to, I know this sounds stupid. This sounds silly. Go to the church website, silvercreekchurch.org slash serve. There's a whole list of stuff to do it. There are things that, that, that you can do to serve with other people. And I'll tell you what, there's a great deal of joy and encouragement. And I want you to know something, that your time, the time that you serve with, it makes a difference. Last Sunday morning, um, after service, we were talking as a staff, and our nursery was busting at the seams last Sunday. Children's church. There were more kids in children's church last Sunday than almost any Sunday over the last three years. I'm excited about that. Thank you, Nikki. You know why? Because there's a lot of kids that come to Silver Creek Church with their families, young families that are come. Is that good news to anybody? It is me. But you know what? Those kids need somebody to teach them on Sunday mornings. They do. And you know the hardest job in any church in America is to find somebody to work with little kids. It's the truth. And, and I'll tell you, I've heard so many times, you know what, man, I will, I will walk for Jesus in my bare feet over hot coals, but I will not work in the nursery. <laughs> I just want you to remember that there are young moms that are saying, thank you, Jesus, if it weren't for this nursery, I could not come to church today. If it weren't for children's church, I couldn't sit and listen to what God wants to ultimately say to me. Your serving makes a difference. You say, come on, it doesn't really make that big of a difference. It does, and twice in the last week, twice, I have been asked by people outside of our church, they say, why are the people from your church so happy when they serve? And I say, we got this great program. No, I don't say that. <laughs> my, here's my answer. It's just got to be Jesus. It's just got to be Jesus. That's it. But the community, the world, okay, the world sees it. Your serving makes a difference. I got a call from someone from the township the other day, a person that's an employee of, of our township here, and they said, will you go on a drive along with me? Okay. I've pastored 35 years. I've never got a call from someone in, in township or city government that said, go on a ride along with me. I'm like, they're going to dispose of my body somewhere. <laughs> they're sick and tired of me. It's all over, you know. Honey, I hope the life insurance is paid up, you know. And, and, and we began to drive around the township and looked at this property, this house, this house, this house, where obviously there are people that are struggling. And, the, and, and the, the, the township person said, do you think there's any way that Silver Creek can help? I was overwhelmed. I said, I could go get my, I could go get my, my, my lawnmower right now, and I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't 
because it's going to take time. It's going to take people's time. And our time makes a difference. And people see that there is a, why are you so different? And the answer, as you walk up and down the halls of your school, is Jesus. As you walk on, on your mail route, it's Jesus. As you, as you drive the heavy machinery that you, it's got to be Jesus that makes the difference. And he's calling us to use our time. God is giving us opportunities. I want to encourage you to give your time to God. The second T that we get, and we all have it, is talent. And I know what you're saying. I do not have any talent. Some of you might be saying that preacher doesn't have any talent. I understand. Talent is natural aptitude or skill. It's something that you're just good at. It's a, a skill that God has gifted you with it. We, we, all, we all probably know that one person that never took a piano lesson and they played the piano in, just incredibly. They play by ear. It's like literally somebody just, just, just dropped a, 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 a piano playing pill into them and they can just play. You say, I don't, oh man. I don't have anything like that. Let me tell you the truth about talent. It really, we're talking about abilities. We're talking about gifts here. Number one, everybody has gifts and abilities. You say, but I don't have any talent. I don't have any ability. Not you do. We love to quote Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul said, I can do all things. That's your God-given ability, all things. Now, we need, we need Christ's strength, but we can do those things that God has gifted us with, with Jesus' strength. Paul said, I can do everything. Don't call God a liar. If God says you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength, don't say you don't have any of those all things, because you do. You absolutely have those things. You've got talent, you've got ability, but number two, everybody's talent is different. Paul says in Romans 12, beginning at verse six, we have different gifts. That's all the further I need to read in those verses. We all have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If, it's to, if it is to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. These are all just different forms of expression of the gift, the ability the talent that God has given us. And we, I'm going to say this as a, a definite. I'm not going to ask it as a question. We are guilty of gift comparison. I can't play the keyboard like Marie can play. I can't lead worship and sing like Nikki can play. I can't play the guitar like Eric can play. We look at certain things and we say, I can't, therefore I don't have any. What if everybody, and I mean everybody, was a worship leader like Nikki? <laughs> it, 
Yeah, she'd be mad because she, she would only get to lead worship once every year. If everybody had the same gift, where would we be? What would life be like? How boring would that be? We don't all have the same gift. I do not have the same gift as you. You don't have the same gift as me. The people that you're sitting with don't have the same gift that you have. We all have different gifts. And some of us, because Jesus told this parable about the talents, which doesn't mean gifts and abilities, it means gold. That It was a, a measurement of gold. He gave five talents to one servant, three talents to one, and one talent to the, the, the third one. And we want to do what the guy with the one talent did. We want to go out and bury it so nobody knows about it. And we don't have to use it. But the truth is we all have it. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. We've, every one of us have received these abilities. Maybe, maybe yours is a, a spiritual gift. Maybe, maybe it is a deeply spiritual gift. Maybe it's something that, that's just a very temporal gift. It, it, it doesn't seem spiritual in nature. Maybe your gift is, is something that, that seems very extraordinary, or maybe it's very ordinary. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And we judge someone else's gift and say, well, if I can't do that, I guess I can't really do anything. And it's not the truth. We need to faithfully use the gift that God has given us in service to others. Those talents, those gifts that God has given us, they come from God. That's number three. James 1.17, every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. These talents are given to you Excuse me, by God, he is the source of your abilities. You say, you know what, you don't understand me. My gift is that I can take my left hand and put it under my right armpit and I can make noise. You have the gift of comedy, my friend. It is untapped. And every child in children's church would love you. We have gifts. They are from God. He is the source. And number four, God deserves the glory for those talents, for those abilities. And if we bury them, God cannot get the glory for them. Colossians 3, 23 and 24, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart is working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since we know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. We use our talents to serve the Lord. Christ is the master. I love this. When I was studying this verse, it said, Christ is the master whose bondsman you are. You're a bondsman. You're a bondswoman. You say, what does that really mean? It means service without wages. That's who we are. Because Christ has given us everything. He's given us eternal life. He's forgiven our sins. And in turn, we serve him. It's time for us to use our talent for God. 
And I know that some of you right now are going to be tempted and say, well, you know what, I'm just going to, I'll do my own thing off here and nobody needs to know about it. I heard somebody say this. I absolutely love this. Said, if your calling only involves you, it probably isn't God. I love that. It's not about just being off doing our own thing. Let me tell you about a guy from our church. He's one of our volunteers for Feeding America. And Feeding America, we've been giving out over 500 boxes of food on a monthly basis. And those people drive up and their trunk is popped and we put that, it's supposed to be 50 pounds, so it's usually pretty close to that, 50 pounds of food. And, and it's, it's in a box because it's a drive through event. And immediately the first time we, we did this, we're like, well, that means we have to get boxes. 500 boxes, okay? The last time you moved, you didn't use 500 boxes. And you remember how hard it is to get boxes when you move? You remember that? We got to get them every month. And there's a guy that's a part of our church family that will be so angry with me after the service. Because twice a week, he drives into town and he stops at grocery stores, numerous grocery stores, and magically, poof, 500 boxes are ready during that month between one Feeding America and another. And every person, every car that drives up, every family that gets food, every kid that gets a meal has been touched by that person. I know what you're thinking. It doesn't take that much ability to gather a few boxes. You know what? You're right. That's my point. It doesn't really take that much. It's not really all that hard. But we've got to be, and, and uh, those of you that are sports fans, something just hit me. You know what the best ability is? Availability. Avail you can, you, in, in sports, what they talk about, you could be the best player on the field, but if you can't get on the field, you can't affect the outcome. The best ability is availability. We need to be available to God. And our third thing that God has given us is our treasure. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, 21, for where your tre treasure is there, your heart will be also. Why would Jesus say something like that? Because he knows that we have a resource control problem as humans. In fact, he went on and said, you can't serve both God and treasure at the same time. Both can't be first. God wants to be first. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus said, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things, things like treasure. Those can all be added to you later, but the first thing you need to do is seek treasure, or seek the kingdom, seek God's kingdom. That's where we're really going to find true satisfaction in life. The Bible has a lot to say about our treasure. Let me read a few of those to you. It says that 
It is God who supplies all our needs, not, not us. We think it's us. Because I worked so many hours of overtime, I supplied our needs, honey. No, God did. Because the only reason you had the energy to work that overtime was him. That was good. That's all right. God loves cheerful generosity. Giving promotes receiving. Giving is a greater blessing than receiving. If we plant a little, we will harvest a little. If we plant much, we will harvest much. We should be generous and ready to share. Other people don't have to know when we're generous. Our generosity moves God to action. And heavenly treasure will not depreciate. The love of treasure, the love of money, it's the root of all evil. A cup of cold water in Jesus' name will be rewarded. We should honor the Lord with our treasure. And the value is not determined by the amount. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7, he said, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. We are called as followers of Christ to give back that portion of which God has already given to us to give that back to him. God has given each and every one of us time. He's given us talents and he's given us treasures. And the question for us is, what are we going to do with them? How will we use them? And the answer needs to be to advance the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. To move that kingdom from where it is now to where God desires it to be. I'm going to invite you to stand with me. Would you do that? Father, I just thank you for the opportunity that we have as, as people, as part of the body of Christ, to get together with fellow believers. God, to enjoy the presence of God, and we did this morning as we worshiped, as we celebrated the Lord's Supper, we enjoyed your presence. God, as we've looked into your word, Father, our hearts are challenged. And I pray, God, as we go today, that we will go with the realization that you have given us time, talent, and treasure. And you desire us to use each of those for your glory. So I pray today that as we leave, that your Holy Spirit will go with us and that he will speak to our hearts throughout this week about those three things, our time, our talent, and our treasure, and how we can better use them for your glory. Father, I thank you and I praise you today. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said amen.